yeah, I try to, when I go to these different countries, I try to show them not all Americans are the same. We have a bad name around yeah. the world. We, we really do. Um, when, I, when I see, when, you know, when people see me in Germany or Bosnia, they see I have tattoos, they see I'm a black guy, they think that I'm a certain kind of guy. And um, I try to show them like, yeah, that's where I'm from, but that's not necessarily who I am. You know, I try to show them more of who I am. And like the biggest compliment that I can get is, oh, you're not who I, you're, you're not the person I thought you were. Mm. That's, that's like, that's the thing. That's like the biggest compliment anybody from a different country has ever given me. Thank you so much, Chris, for uh, coming in today and chatting with me. I really appreciate it. Um, thank, thank you for having me. Cool. So let's just get started. How was your gym session today? Uh, you, you mentioned you just um, came in from the gym. Yeah, me and my my teammate, we've been going hard for the past couple of weeks. Um, today was it was it was very difficult. Uh, it's hot in the gym, so you know hands were sweaty. It was hard to keep you know keep a good shot, but we got through it. It was about an hour and a half uh, waiting to go for another one later. So this is like my little rest period during the day. Wow. So it's just a training session for you. That was earlier. Yeah. Okay. Um, and do you train more than once a day? I, I, I hear. Yeah. Twice, sometimes three times a day. I try to break it up so I can eat, possibly take a nap in between, just rest my body just a little bit, but I try to get about three, like on a mm -hmm. perfect day, it would be three. Yeah. And is that typical for people you, uh, uh, you work with? Um, that's ideal. You know, if you have the time to do it, um, sometimes, you know, morning sh shooting, you know, afternoon weights and probably night shooting, something like that. However, people want to break it out. But for me, if I, if I have nothing planned for the day, I, I try to get three in. Mm -hmm. and, and your body can handle, can handle it usually. Yeah. Because when I come home, I'm usually taking a nap, doing some type of recovery, stretching a bunch. It, it definitely takes a toll on your body. So you have to just as much as you work hard in the gym, you have to work even harder with the recovery mm -hmm. in between. So I'm taking some of your recovery time. Is that, is that what you're telling me right now? <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Hopefully this is not stressful. Um, well, that's awesome. Uh, I honestly, this is my first conversation with any pro hooper. Uh, so I'm, I think I'm going to be learning a lot uh, about what it takes to be one and uh, um, why you want to be one and what it's like um, uh, to enjoy the game of basketball on that level, I guess. Um, yeah. How long have you been doing it for? Um, I've been playing basketball, period, since I was about 12, 13. Um, I've been playing professional for the past seven years. So this, is, this August would be going into my seventh year professional. Okay. And how is it like now compared to when you first started? Um, I still love the game. You know, the once you turn professional, it becomes more of a business. It's more of a job. Um, and a lot of people I see, they can lose that love for the game. But when I play, I still feel like that kid that was playing at 12, 13. I just love the game. I love to compete. Um, so for me, it's, it's really just been a dream. You know, I get paid to play basketball. My day is, you know, consists of working out, playing games all day, mm -hmm. you know. 
So I'm, I enjoy it. Yeah. And is this, is this what you've wanted to do since you started or was this something that came along after? Um, I always wanted to be a professional basketball player. I think that's like in my neighborhood, that's everybody's like first dream. And then the reality kind of sets in, but I always was one to try to fight that reality, make my own. So mm-hmm. I, I always, since 12 years old, I said I wanted to be a professional and I'm, I'm happy with the fact that I'm, I am a professional and I have the opportunity to go higher in ranks. So mm-hmm. I'm, it's all about the climb for me. Yeah. Is there anyone else who you came up with that's, that's also doing it at the same level you're at? There's a few people. Every year it, it's less and less, but there, there are a few people that uh, came up with me since we were you know just starting in high school um that's still playing that i keep in contact with um and i I love to see those guys continue to do it because as you get older past 25 it starts to become a little bit more difficult your body maybe responsibilities maybe family um comes into play where you can't play anymore so every year that you're able to play it's it's uh it's pretty good Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. I don't know if you heard the last part. Somebody called. Yeah, I heard. It was just your audio um, <laughs> oh, glitched. Um, yeah, well, that's awesome to hear that you've been able to to, to do it and continue doing it um, even after. Yeah. Uh, I assume you're past 25. Is that why you use 25? Is it? <laughs> yeah, 20. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'll be 28 next month. Awesome. So I, I've been playing since you know seven years now. Uh, I still feel like I have a lot to go, but uh, some people don't feel that way. Some people say, oh, I'll be 28. I got to start doing this, doing that. I'm just I'm just going to go until I can't play anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you tell me that, like a part of me wants to say, there's no way you still enjoy it the same way you did when you first started and you had those those dreams. Am, am mm-hmm. I making this up or does the way you enjoy it like change kind of as you as you continue playing? Um, you know, I am an adult now, so responsibilities are present. Um, so, you know, that's never fun, but as far as when I'm playing basketball, it's the same love. It really is like, it's the same genuine love that I've had, um, since the beginning. So for me, no, yeah, it's, it's the same. That's awesome, man. Um, that's really inspiring. Do you, do you, do you think about this at all on a, on a, you know, on a timely basis or like it's generally just was, is always like that inside of you and you don't have to think about it. Um, I, I mean, what do you mean? What do you mean? Um, so like, let's say I, not to use myself as an example, but I'm the, I'm the only person I know that well. Um, if I, if I decided to like, to start playing the piano and this is, this is a true story. Um, uh, I wanted to learn it, I think, when COVID started. Um, I did about a month and a half, and maybe this speaks very lowly of my character, but I tried learning it. I think I hit a roadblock, and I'm like, do I really want to do this? Yeah. I was enjoying it up until that moment, and then I stopped enjoying it, and then be- it became like a chore having to do it every day, and then I stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever get those moments? Or of course. Is- it's hurting, or I don't feel like doing it. Um, but... At the same time, I, I try to remind myself on those days why I started, what I wanted to get from it, and that I'm not exactly where I want to be. 
mm-hmm. just yet. So um, I tried, you know, we're all human. We're all going to have those days, but I try to have less of those days. I try not to turn one off day into an off month or off year or, you know, something like that. And um, being that I, I just, I'm just now getting back off an injury. I fractured my ankle two years ago. Now I'm, you know, I'm not taking the game for granted again because it got taken away from me for two years almost. So um, now I'm really taking advantage of the moment and just trying to enjoy it because I, I experienced life without it. Mm-hmm. So from 13 up until 25, it was basketball every year. Mm-hmm. And from 25 to now, I had a little bit of a rough patch where I couldn't play. I was hurt trying to rehab to get back. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't, you know, couldn't walk, couldn't run, had to basically teach myself all of those again. And now I'm playing back at the level I was at. Um, so I, I try to remember if I have a day like that now, I try to remember when I was hurt and I couldn't play, you know, so now I'm just trying to take advantage of it. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that you're, uh, that you're back up and running. Um, how did that happen? I was playing in El Salvador. That's a professional league out there. Um, I went to the basket and I landed on a seven footers foot Mm. and my, Ooh, man, my ankle just kind of, yes, twisted and fractured, fractured, uh, tibula, Mm -hmm. uh, dislocated ankle, um, it was supposed to be a five-week injury. That's that's what was, di- uh, what was diagnosed in El Salvador. When I got home, I, I needed emergency surgery. They said, I will, I will be able to play, but now I have a metal plate and nine screws in my foot. Wow. Yeah. Is your ankle... Did you, and you said you can play the same level that you were playing before now with, with the same, plate and uh, screws? Yeah. Same level, um, just, you know, a lot of extra rehab, a lot of extra recovery, a lot of extra work to try to get that leg back sh- strong, but it's, it's back, it's back now, you know, it's been two years since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have, you know, I have a new 100%. It's, it's definitely not the same as it was mm-hmm. before, but I can be effective at this level and it really, outside looking in, you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know that something had no. happened to your ankle unless unless you've seen your your play before and you see it now. Maybe you see like a little bit of a difference. Maybe, but some might think it's oh, it's age or it's a couple years, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I pretty much I feel the same. If not, I feel a lot better yeah. um, now because uh, it slowed me down a little bit, made me mm-hmm. think a lot more about the game, about different angles, not just using my athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anything, I feel like I'm better now. Interesting. Wow. Okay. I have so many like uh, deep psychiatry questions that I want to ask you about that, but I don't want to keep reminding of your injury, but that's really inspiring, man. And it speaks to your character. I think the fact that you've worked around it and made yourself a better person through that setback that you had. Um, um, It's definitely not an easy thing to do. Um, Awesome. So tell me a little more about, about being a pro player. Like, do you play overseas often? And you said there's a league there. Like what, uh, do you compete in different leagues? How 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 does that work? So I've um, I've played in Germany, El Salvador, Bosnia. Um, I've played in Germany for three seasons, El Salvador for two different seasons in the summer, 
uh, Bosnia this past season. I've played in a, a few leagues in the States. Uh, I recently just finished a professional league. Um, the team was based in Boston. Mm-hmm. It's uh, South Shore Monarchs. It's a league called the TBL. Um, it's supposed to be America's third tier league behind the NBA and the G League. So that's mm-hmm. a pretty decent, that's a pretty good league. Um, my first year playing overseas, I was 23. Mm-hmm. Um, I played in Germany. It was a brand new experience for me. When when I always wanted to play overseas, but I always wanted to go to Spain or Italy. I never thought about Germany as a place to go, um, but it seemed to have chosen me. Uh, it was brand new. Never knew anything about the language, the culture. You know, with Germany, if you ask the average American, two things come to mind when you mm-hmm. hear Germany. So um, just going there, learning more about the history of it, uh, the culture of the people, you know, I ended up loving it. Mm-hmm. I speak, I can understand a little bit of German now, you know, it definitely opened me up as a person. Um, so after that, any any other place that I went to, um, I just tried to open up to the culture. And I feel like a lot of Americans, when they go to other places, they try to keep that I'm American. Uh, attitude and it's just kind of closed off and you know if if you just open up to the people they'll show you what they're about and you might learn something more about yourself so mm-hmm. I just tried to you know go into every every uh country that I played in like that I embraced the people and in return they, they really embraced me is that part of the reason why you also accepted my invitation to do this podcast yeah I mean I'm I've been learning how to say yes more. You know, I've been learning how to step out of my shell. Mm -hmm. Uh, And since then, more avenues have opened up for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I I model as well. And growing up, I never wanted to model. I always, I just didn't think that was the macho thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one year I just said, you know what? Like, I'm gonna do it. And from that, that opened up a whole career. Mm-hmm. I've been modeling for three years now. Um, same thing with uh, coaching, uh, public speaking, you know, uh, I've been mentoring. It's just a lot. And uh, a lot of things that in my early twenties, maybe teenage years, I would never thought that I would be doing, but, or I would never have the confidence to do, but now I do, you know, I mm-hmm. always wanted to do things like this, but now I have the confidence to do it. So. I'm just open for whatever now. What do you think now? What changed? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just got, you know, at the end of the day, you can fake it for everyone else, but you know yourself, you can't fake, you can't fake it with yourself. And uh, I always grew up kind of like dimming my light if you want to call it that, like, I didn't want to do too much because I didn't want people to look at me a certain way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you just realize that, you know, other people's opinions don't matter. It's about like you being happy with yourself at the end of the day. And, you know, one day I just said, screw it. I just said, Mm -hmm. you know, F it. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And like I said, everything from that just opened up, you know, I've, I've done things and traveled to places that I never thought I would. 
Mm-hmm. Just It was just like being real with myself. Like, who do you want to be? Do you want to continue to try to please people and, and, you know, shy away from who you are? Or do you want to just be yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's, that's something I've thought about a lot too. And in, in starting this, this podcast as well is like, people are going to see it, like maybe sides of me that they've never seen and that maybe I'm hesitant to show them because even I don't know those parts of me as well. Like it's kind yeah. of a journey of self-discovery with everyone watching. Um, and <laughs> I can't even imagine what it's like with modeling when like, that's the thing that a lot of people are insecure about um, and think about a yeah. lot is like the, their self image, their physical self image. Um, yeah. So that's, I can only imagine what, what kind of confidence it takes for someone to like try and do try and do it when it's something that they weren't doing before and don't really necessarily need to do because you have a successful career yeah. outside of modeling so you don't necessarily need to do it but it's kind of well, like what well, the one thing i can say about modeling that kind of boosted up my uh self-confidence is that a lot of models seem like they have this this uh how do you say like this attitude about them where they're so confident in themselves and so just, you know, like I can't mm-hmm. explain the word, right? I meet a lot of these models and we talk and they just, they don't know what they're doing either. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody knows what they're doing really. So <laughs> you're trying to look up to these people and think that they're so strong and they're, they're honestly, they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So once I saw that, I was just like, well, if they don't know what to do, <laughs> Then I, you know, then I'm just going to do me and just, you know, live with the results. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you, and have you found yourself doing what they were doing and making it seem like, you know, what you're doing? Or do you think, or you don't? I, I'm just a hundred percent transparent. Uh, some days I feel confident. Some days I don't. When I go there um, to these shoots or commercial events or fashion shows, whatever, um like you said this is my second um career or side career if you want to call it that i have fun Mm. i have no i have no pressure i I feel no pressure um to become the next biggest top model i just want to have fun look good in some pictures uh you know put on some nice clothes and just enjoy the day enjoy the event whatever it may be so I I like where I'm at in that realm. Um, it just it's no pressure. It's just a way to just get away. And what kind of modeling is it that you do? Um, I model for uh, South Pole. It's a uh, urban brand. Uh, Champion Fila. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a store called Against All Odds. Um, they feature me in their storefront in a few, in a few malls. Um, I'm actually in on their website, you know, featured on a couple of websites. So I, I do more, a lot of ad work, mm-hmm. you know, for their clothes. Um, whenever they have a new launch, whether it's winter or summer, you know, I'm, I'm usually one of the main guys in it. Interesting. And how does someone get started with, with something like that? Just Google how to model or like? Honestly, like I said, I have a, um, one of my mentors, his name is Brad Christian. He contacted me one day. He said, you should model. I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, He's like, no, you should model. My friend is having a a casting call for this fashion show. Didn't really want to do it. 
I, you know, left the opportunity just sitting there for a while. I took the guy's number, but I, I kind of in the back of my head knew I wasn't going to do it. But then a guy texted me and something like, you know, something clicked in my head, like, let me just go to the casting call and just try it. Mm-hmm. I tried it. They liked the way I walk. They liked my look. And it was like, all right, we're, we're taking you. Went to the fashion show. Literally, uh, I, I did two outfits for South Pole. South Pole contacted me and said they wanted me to do their uh, their ad for the website. And it just trickled down from that, literally, just from me just saying, you know what, I'll go to the casting call. I didn't want to do it. And now I have so much fun doing it. Interesting. And it kind of quickly progressed into something way bigger than you imagined it to be. Um, or maybe even way wanted bigger. it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you mind what it is now? Or or you, you don't mind the fact that it's growing into this, I, I want to call it side hustle. I, I would like, I would like to uh, actually do more of it. Um, at the, at the moment, I only model in the summers because mm-hmm. spring and summers, because that's when I'm home in the States in the fall and winters, I'm usually in, in Europe or South America playing. Um, so I, it's, I haven't really tapped into the market of Europe, European modeling or, you know, somewhere else, but I would like to do more. You know, I am looking into opportunities abroad while I'm, while I'm away to model but for right now yeah, I'm, I'm, I enjoy it I come home in the summertime I, I really don't have to get a job uh, I can just you know do a couple of shoots and continue to stay in shape you know do a couple of basketball camps and trainings and and you know just really focus on the next season mm-hmm. but you know and and also like I said these events that I do are fun for me so it doesn't feel like a stressful job mm-hmm. And do you also do the coaching during the spring and summer when you're, when you're around or is that you yeah. around for you? Uh, well, the Miller vision, uh, brand that I have is, it's, it's a year round thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do skills, skills training and camps at home in the States when I'm, when I'm here in the summers, springs, and, um, sometimes around that Christmas break. Um, mm-hmm. but also when, when I play overseas, I try my best to coach the youth programs of the clubs, um, just do different camps out there to try to broaden my name and, you know, let it be known that this is what I do as well. Like, so when I'm, when I'm applying or in negotiations with the team, I let them know I, I coach as well. I would like to be a part of the youth program. Mm. So the, the training is, is a year round thing for me. Wow. Um, so you enjoy it. You enjoyed the coaching a lot, right? Yeah. Uh, coaching, uh, as I get older, I see that that's definitely the, uh, the next phase for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it started off with me not being able to afford a coach or a trainer. So I went to YouTube and, uh, you know, started looking up different ways that I could get better and ended up with, a bunch of different drills and uh you know some friends will come in and I would give them different drills to do we'll do it together and then uh you know some parents saw how good I was playing it and they asked me to coach their kids and then you know me growing up in my teenage years you know needing some money I was just like all right I can do this and then I I just really enjoy the kids that want to get better 
and you show them something and they apply it and then they, you know, get in that text back like, oh, hey coach, I just got offered to go play in college or I just had scored a game winner, you know, those appreciation posts at, at the end. Like that's, that's really what I, I look forward to these days. Mm-hmm. So even with training and coaching, it was something that happened over time that you weren't expecting it to be where it is now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't expect wow. it. Uh, it was really just for, like I said, I couldn't afford any trainers. So I tried to do everything myself. And then once once people started seeing that I was pretty good at it, they just started gravitating towards me. Mm-hmm. What what makes what makes you good at it? What makes someone good at doing that? Just having job? having passion for it, having the time for it. Um, I studied the game. I I studied the best basketball players. I see what makes them successful. Um, I study the best coaches and see what makes them successful. Um, I know the different types of players being height you know Mm -hmm. speed whatever like and the best thing about basketball is the the mentality towards it a lot of people a lot of trainers try to just show you a move they don't explain to you with your body type playing like this could benefit you they just say oh do this move and you'll be fine but you don't know when to do it why you're doing it so I try to explain like the the mental of the game because basketball is is really more mental than uh, physical Mm -hmm. and I think that's what separates me from someone else uh training uh it's not always pretty it's not always a, a million cones and dunking and all fancy layups it's you have to understand why you're doing these things so Mm -hmm you know, they can translate into the actual game. Yeah. Is there a certain age group of, uh, you said youth, but is there a certain age group that you enjoy working with the most? Honestly, for me, it doesn't matter. Um, hmm. my, my biggest thing is if, if the person wants to get better, then I can work with you. I've worked with, the youngest I've ever worked with was a two-year-old twins. <laughs> That that was a challenge. Um, the oldest person I've what, trained. What, what was, was the challenge? The dunking part, or the... <laughs> <laughs> just getting them to kind of like uh, pay attention. Yeah. Um, but the parents were were very lovely people. Are very lovely people. They um they just wanted to build some structure for their kids. Yeah. And now they're five. I still work with them to this day. And now they're five, six, and they're like pretty advanced. Mm-hmm. and everything like they're well-rounded kids so like now i see it working before when i got the call i thought somebody was pranking me. you want me to coach your your two-year-old boys all mm-hmm. right but uh you know i see his method um mm-hmm. and then the, the the oldest guy i coach was maybe around 50 some 55 mm-hmm. so a- anybody that just you know is willing to learn i can i can find a way to teach you so the, the age really doesn't matter for me. Yeah. Uh, not to harp on the subject of the, the twins, but with, with someone yeah. so young, um, can you already see them kind of growing into that certain kind of player you were talking about earlier, like the different types? Or is it or with them, like the fundamentals, fundamentals is kind of all they really need to worry about? Just, just having some kind of structure. Just you can't. 
you know, you cannot predict if these kids will even play basketball yeah. in five years. You can't predict all that, especially. Yeah, exactly. So just, you know, shooting on a Fisher Price hoop, trying to hold the, the shot, uh, trying to dribble with one hand walk and dribble at the same time it's it's really really like mm-hmm. very elementary maybe <laughs> a bounce pass it's you know super simple but just having that structure um you know it goes a long way for whatever for you know motor skills I, you know mm-hmm. just growing up learning how to listen to somebody that's not your parent that's not your teacher you know it's it's, it's not for that for those two, it wasn't necessarily just a basketball. It was just like all all around like motor skills and learning how to listen, mm-hmm. you know, learn how to communicate, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Maybe the answer will be like so simple that it's not even a question. Is it easier training someone else or training yourself? Hmm. Sometimes it's, I mean, it, it really depends. It really depends. Um, I find it hard sometimes to train myself nowadays. Mm-hmm. I find it sometimes easier to train someone else. Um, sometimes I forget some of these drills that I work on myself or things that I should be working on. Or, you know, sometimes you might cheat yourself by not doing that conditioning drill that you should be doing. Um when I see someone else that's looking to get better and they're they're it's it's easier to see someone someone else's problems. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to fix that or help them fix that. So when I when I tr- when I work out now, I try not to work out alone anymore like that. I try to get a coach or get somebody with me that can call out the things that I'm doing wrong that I might have, you know, overlooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, fair answer. Um, so what you're at the stage where you, your, your, your own basketball is on its own trajectory, your own game is on its own trajectory. You have a couple of other things going on in your life. Um, where do you see yourself in, in, in five, maybe 10 years or, or do you not even want to think that far? I mean, it's good to, it's good to have goals and think that far. But I, I also focus on like the month by month, well, day by day, week by week, month by month. But in five years, um, I still see myself doing all of these things at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see everything's these last couple of years been coming together. And in five years, I'd see it all um, just really kicking up a few notches. Um, with the basketball playing, with the modeling, with the coaching, mentoring, uh, with my brand. So I like the way that things are going right now. And I like the way that they, they look promising. They all have ways that I can improve on. And I just focus on each day trying to just improve on them, trying to, you know, whether it's, and I have a lot of time in a day to do all of these things. They don't, take away from each other so mm. i i see if i continue to do what i've been doing it's no way that it can't grow interesting so do you, are you working most most of your day would you say and if it's not working it's recovering but that's all i would also consider that kind of working for 
doesn't feel like work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working, yeah, but it doesn't feel like work. Most I'm talking about basketball most of the day. Mm-hmm. Or I'm taking pictures. Does that work? <laughs> I, I, it doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't like honestly. It, it it's it's fun. I enjoy I enjoy doing what I'm doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, if it is work, then I would love to keep working like this my whole life. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Wow. I don't. I mean. I, so I'm I'm in med school, right? And um um, we we have to study most of our day, and right now it feels like work. But we think that once yeah. we um once we get to a certain point it won't feel like work anymore because we'll be doing the thing that we want to do, which is see patients, yeah. whatever, whatnot. Um, so it's always really refreshing to see someone who is doing the thing that they, they want to do right now, right the second yeah. um, and enjoying it to the level that you are. Um, yeah. That was a perfect response you could have given me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, a lot of people these days, they, the first question they ask is the basketball player's salary or how much do you make? Mm. And um, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not making the crazy amounts of money that the NBA is making. I'm not, you know, I'm making enough to get by, have a savings, pay bills, live comfortably, but I'm happy. And I feel like that's the main thing. A lot of people worry so much about um, the money, but if you get a job, you work for 40 years and that's the majority of your day, you might as well do something that you like. If not, then you're just going to hate your life. So I don't really measure like uh, my job with the money. You know, I'm having, I get experiences that a lot of people don't get. I travel the world. I play basketball. I play a game for a living. And for this for the time being, like, I just enjoy it as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Does money ever cross your mind? As long as I can pay my bills and I'm pretty set, then I'm fine. Of course, you want more money, you know, um, but I can get paid more money doing a job that I hate here. And I would not enjoy any, you know, I would be stressed and having thoughts of what I could have done this I should have done this you know Mm -hmm. I don't want to live my life like that this I'm fine just the way I'm just I'm fine just like this to be honest yeah that's refreshing man um so tell me a little bit about about the brand uh when did you start it and why, why did you start it um so I started I graduated college in 2015, Salem International. Uh, and coming out of college, I was I was a good player, but I wasn't very known. So I had this crazy dream about playing playing professional basketball. And Miller Vision was supposed to be I, w- I was gonna start on YouTube and, and do some videos, just kind of showing the journey that I was about to embrace and um, just showing the different tryouts and the, you know, what it takes to become a pro. Um, And I probably didn't do as good as I should have because I started living the life 
rather than filming it. I started living the life very fast. As soon as I signed my first contract, the second one came, the third one came, the fourth one came. And then I'm five years in and I've never really done any videos. Um, but I now, you know, I, it turned into sports merchandise. It turned into coaching. It turned into mentoring. So I am getting the word out, you know, and using my, my experiences of going to different tryouts for summers and not getting much out of it or um, how to contact different teams. Like this is all things that I had to learn with nobody, just on my own trial and error, a lot of trial and error. So now when younger guys come to me and ask me, hey, should I do this? I'm like, you don't want to do that one, do it this way. Or if I were you, I would try to push for this. Like I'm that guy now. So mm -hmm. basically Miller Vision turned into his own entity. It's its own thing now. Uh, and it consists of a lot of different things. Like I said, you know, like, uh, but it's just mainly me getting my story out and hopefully helping next generation, like being that guy that I needed when I was younger. That's, that's just the main thing for me. Mm -hmm. Do you ever see a branching out to include things outside of basketball that, that are, you know, personal to you or whether that's modeling, whether that's, I don't know, other personal things that you do? I mean, everything I do is a part of my brand. Um, this it is it's me. So anything mm -hmm. that I, uh, you know, um, the mentoring I could I could imagine doesn't have to be only basketball. You know, like coming from the inner city, you know, a lot of a lot of the role models are a lot of older people that you just can't relate to. So I have some people that have aspirations to do whatever, and I try to you know, help them out, inspire them, keep them going. And it doesn't have to be necessarily basketball. That's more of a mental thing. Mm -hmm. You know, hearing people's problems, telling them they'll be all right, you know, tell, uh, just share my stories of different things that I went to that might be similar to what they're going through now. And, you know, just letting them know it gets better. Uh, so I, I have been doing more mentoring nowadays than uh, actual coaching, mm -hmm. but, um, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going along with the ride and, and 10, 15 years, it would probably still be growing because I, I, I don't know what I want to do with it, but I know it's, it's a known name now and I have to, you know, start doing it the right way as far as a brand goes. But, um, you know, with trademark and LLCs, all of that stuff, but for now, it's just everything that I do, that's a part of my brand. And that's how mm -hmm. I've been uh, introducing myself and sharing it all over social media. And it's been it's been going pretty well. Mm -hmm. Are the people you mentor are from, um, like, how do they, do they find you online and then they reach out to you and they're like, hey, like, I have this question? Um, honestly, I, I, I answer whoever I can. I don't leave anybody on red. I, I try to respond to anybody. Um, excuse me. So it could be kids. It could be fellow peers. Anybody that asks me a question and I can answer it, I'll answer it. Um, so all these countries I go to, I have a lot of people that contact me uh, just with different questions or, 
you know, want to show me their highlights. And I took the time out to, you know, show that person that they're important, whoever, mm-hmm. whoever it may be, wherever they may be from. A lot of it does pertain to basketball. And uh, nowadays I have a lot more guys that's, that heard about my story through from a friend, YouTube, Instagram, and they want to ask me which route they should go in this professional, you know, mm-hmm. journey. And um, I've been doing a lot more of that lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to everyone listening, if you're 22 and you are <laughs> thinking about a pro career in basketball or you're two years old and you're thinking about working on your fundamentals, <laughs> <laughs> reach out to yeah. my guy, Chris. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell your parents to reach out if you can speak. Um, that's awesome, man. That's really awesome. Um, even people overseas are kind of reaching out to you. Um, yeah. As you meet them. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Like you're basically, you're not at, at, at that point, you're representing yourself. You're representing uh, where you're from too um, in these countries, yeah. which, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I try to, when I go to these different countries, I try to show them not all Americans are the same. We have a bad name around yeah. the world. We, we really do. Um, when, I, when I see, when, you know, when people see me in Germany or Bosnia, they see I have tattoos, they see I'm a black guy, they think that I'm a certain kind of guy. And um, I try to show them like, yeah, that's where I'm from. But that's not necessarily who I am. You know, I try to show them more of who I am. And like the biggest compliment that I can get is, oh, you're not who I, you're, you're not the person I thought you were. Mm. That's, that's like, that's the thing. That's like the biggest compliment anybody from a different country has ever given me. Mm-hmm. Um, just try to show them like, there's good people, bad people, this kind of person, that kind of person in every culture, in every country. Um, we can learn a lot from that. Mm-hmm. You know, as a, as as a world, as a you know human race, we can learn a lot from that. Actually, getting to know the person uh, rather than just judging them by what they look like. Yeah. Does it ever bother you? You said that it you, that you like the you you take it as a compliment. Does it ever bother you? It's a it's a compliment and an insult because it it does reveal it does reveal what they thought of me when they first met me. Mm-hmm. but um i learned not to get insulted by it because it's ignorance mm-hmm. it's ignorance huh? um some of these people from other countries have never met an american and the only thing that they see about america is from social media movies and and um you know youtube or something mm-hmm. so how can i be mad at that if they never actually sat and had a conversation with, the person, with mm-hmm. me or with another american so that's what I try to do is show them like, you know, like I said, everybody is different. Everybody has their own personalities. Sit down and talk. Now, if you still have that same view after we had a conversation, then yeah, I just can't, mm-hmm. you know, be cool with you anymore. You know, I have to stay my own way. But most times, just learning each other, just taking the time out to actually have a conversation with somebody and understand where they're from, mm-hmm. you know, why they are, who they are. It, it just, it goes a long way. And every, everyone that I've had that conversation with, or, you know, talk to about different things like that, it, it has gone well, mm-hmm. you know, bridging those gaps, um, even though we're so connected, it's still, you still kind of like separate you know, with the, with the way of thinking, 
Mm-hmm. Like everybody has their prejudice, you know, you, you see that person, you say, oh, they're, they're that type of person. You see this person, they're this type of person. You never met this person. You never gave them a type of day and you just judged them. And I think that's what we need to stop doing. Yeah. Do you go out of your way just to, to like when, do you go out of your way to try to um, dis- dispel some of these thoughts that people have? Or is just, if it ever like, you're kind of reflecting now on these conversations that you might've had just naturally. It's, I mean, I, if I was to go out of my way, you know, I'd probably, it'd probably drive me crazy because I don't, you know, I, I don't know these, some of these people. Um, but um, a lot of it is just really natural conversations it might happen over a drink, over some coffee, just in a basketball practice after practice, um, you know, just could happen anywhere it's mostly been conversations with some of my teammates maybe you know going out for drinks with friends um and just hearing the the i'm not going to go into the questions that i've heard but just hearing just the weirdest questions like it's like what like no we no you know like let me explain like it's just it's um like I said, it's just ignorance. A lot of people don't know. And, you know, at the same time, I learned more about their culture because like I said, Germany, I only know two, I only knew two things. Mm-hmm. They only teach you about two things in, um, you know, in school yeah, about best. Germany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was ignorant to their culture. Mm-hmm. So it's just about, you know, not judging, just really being curious. And when they see that you're asking these questions because you really don't know, and you, you know, you want to learn about them, it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting nowadays with the, with, with the internet and social media that's kind of supposed to connect us, right? Because it makes it easier for us to communicate with each other. Yeah. Kind of at the same time makes it easier for people to just hear their own thoughts over and over and over again and be surrounded by people who think exactly like them just because they can get in these like online groups and things like that, that only yeah. speak to whatever they're, whatever whatever they believe in and then they end up actually never hearing the other side other views. yeah yeah that's that's definitely uh social media is definitely a, a positive and a negative in that in that realm because you can uh surround yourself with like-minded people people that think like you um but it's also i wish people would understand it's also you know you can agree to disagree and still live in peace um but just like i said um being that i've been in so many different places i've had to be in in rooms with people i didn't necessarily agree with or think the same as mm-hmm. and we learned that at the end of the day we're still human so we're kind of still the same we still need to eat we still have families Mm-hmm. responsibilities the same way we might speak a different language we might be a different color shape age at the end of the day we still have basic needs and that that makes us the same mm-hmm. and um a lot of the people that i've met and talked to like, they feel the same way mm-hmm. um it's just interacting more in person and having these kind of conversations instead of watching you know, social media, because they only show the drama. Social media really only shows the drama and um, the 
how do you say yeah it's really just the drama the extremes of social media. Yeah. the extremes of any race any Anything. culture yeah 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 that's fair while we're on the topic uh, uh, of being abroad and meeting people from all over the world, do you have any funny stories you can tell us about any of your experiences overseas? Um, <laughs> I have a bunch, but uh, I'll go to when I went to China. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to, I coached in China. I did a basketball academy there. I was the head coach. Um, I had a translator who translated my English words to Chinese for the campers. His name was James. I told James, I'm not really down with eating anything other than like chicken, beef, eggs, you know, Mm -hmm. what we as Americans think was normal, flat out. Told him I don't like squids, octopus, none of that, none of that. One day they, he claims he didn't do it, but one day they tricked me into eating a frog. Um, and it tasted like chicken. Um, he told me it was chicken. Um, and then like three minutes later, he told me, oh yeah, that wasn't chicken, I'm sorry. It was a frog. So uh, just situations like that with the food. I had the same situation like that in Germany with food. Uh, I thought it was uh, chicken breast and there would be in duck. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of my funny situations have been in, um, you know, getting invited to dinners and having to eat what they serve you. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my biggest nightmares because it, it hasn't been going good in some situations. Like I'm forced to, not forced to eat, but you know, like, you want to be respectful, mm-hmm. but this is my first time eating a duck and I don't, I don't know how to say it or <laughs> this, you, I just ate a frog and now, you know, like, I don't know what to do, you know? So like being put in situations like that, looking back is kind of funny. Um, yeah, that's probably all I can share at the moment about. <laughs> that's okay. You said, yeah. but you said the frog tasted like chicken and you, you probably wouldn't have known, right? Until it was it a little you. weird. It was a little weird. It was a little, uh, felt like it was extra breading, mm. which ended up being like a little bit of scales. Um, gotcha. It was gotcha. a little weird. It was like, gotcha. uh, okay, I'm like, this This is kind of crunchy. This chicken is kind of crunchy. <laughs> um, in my head, I, I did feel something was off, but, you know, I've had bad chicken before or, mm-hmm. you know, so I, was, I didn't think nothing of it. But when he told me, it made perfect sense up to why it tastes the way it did. Mm-hmm. It was, well, hopefully it doesn't happen to you again. Hopefully no one checks yeah, you into eating anything you yeah, don't want to eat anymore. <laughs> never again, no. Uh, well, I want to be respectful of your time, but I want to ask you one last question, Chris. Do you have, okay. what would you say to someone who, um, who's listening to this, if hopefully they get to listen to this, um, um, and wants, wants to pursue basketball seriously? Um, they're young, hopefully, um, and yeah. um, they don't know how much to believe, to believe in themselves, how high or low they should they should aim for what they want to do. Um, do you have any anything that's been impactful to you that you you can share? Um, 
I'll try to put it all in, in a nutshell because I can go on for a long time with this answer. Episode two. Yeah, but um, for one, you have to believe in yourself. That's the main thing. Um, I've had family members that they want the best for me and they do love you, but they see it. Um, they want you to do what's safe in their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to have the confidence to sometimes go away from what family wants you to do. Um, you have to understand that it is hard work. You know, basketball-wise, it's hard work. You have to be in the gym. You have to be in shape. You have to always be ready. Basketball-wise is the least of your worries if you are trying to pr- pursue professional basketball. It's not about that anymore. You, you should already have that part. You will get a lot more no's than yes. Just a lot more no's than yes. And uh, not to let that stray away from your goal. All it takes is that one yes. Um, just, just really believing in yourself. And once you get that opportunity, whenever it does come, you have to show why you belong. And a lot of people I see, they wait for that opportunity five years. It comes on a six year and they gave up in five and a half years. Now that opportunity is there, but they're not ready for it. So just trying to stay ready, staying patient, um, believing in yourself, uh, being okay with being looked at as weird, as odd. Why would you go for such a far-fetched dream? A lot of people don't make it in the professional world uh, and basketball go with something safe like they're going to look at you like you're weird um, but it feels a lot better when you knew that you stayed true to yourself and you know you accomplished that whatever you wanted to accomplish so just keep just keep pushing honestly believe in yourself kids uh, yeah. Chris where can people find you online and um, uh, how can they connect with you um, well, on Instagram, my personal uh, Instagram is the Great Miller. Um, my business page is Miller Vision. Either one, uh, I, I'm pretty much very active on Instagram. Uh, Facebook is Chris Miller. Uh, it's a lot of Chris Millers, but um, if you type in Miller Vision, you should find it. Yeah, just Facebook and Instagram for now. That's that's I don't really have uh, all the other social medias, but um, yeah. Instagram, the great Miller and Miller vision and, um, Facebook, Chris Miller. Mm-hmm. So any modeling, any training and, and coaching or any pro basketball opportunities, anything else, Chris, you, that you do that. <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything. Uh, I'm, That's I'm, awesome. I have, a. I'm trying to go into a next gear of, of acting. So, um, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm trying to push for some commercials. Mm-hmm. some uh you know small roles so that's that's what's next on my list as far as you know continuing everything else that i'm doing but we'll see we'll see what happens with this one that's awesome man 